there, demons. It's us, your girls. Welcome to the Office Goblin Podcast. I'm S. And I'm D. And we are goblins. Two goblins on the internet that have many thoughts, interests, and opinions about stuff and things. And today, ironically, since we call you all little demons, we are going to get holy. <laughs> We're going to get into the thick of it. The thick of religion. With three C's. Yes. <laughs> the religion with uh jc and the boys yeah yeah <laughs> y'all know what it is turn oh up in a christly God. manner but that's what we're doing today yeah we it was really funny because s and i were talking just before recording hey what do you want to discuss today and i was like hey have you watched this latest anime, Record of Ragnarok, and she went, oh my god, yes, let's talk about it, and we just, I think we were maybe five minutes into a conversation when S stopped me and went, we need to hit record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I was like, you're saying some really uh, salient and poignant points right now that need to be on the record. <laughs> Immortalized. Immortalized. Yeah, not on a stone tablet. No. But... <laughs> Digitally, because <laughs> I, I believe if Jesus was alive today or any holy figure for that matter of multiple faiths and traditions, philosophies, they would definitely be a presence on the social medias. Oh, they'd all have a podcast. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Like, let's say, <laughs> let's say Jesus, since we already brought him up. What yeah. do you think Jesus's podcast would be titled? Nailed it. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> totally crucified. <laughs> crucified by society. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so glad we have similar senses of humor. <laughs> and everyone's like, disgusting. <laughs> Ethan's. Yeah, if uh, we're doing this at all in good fun, S and I, you know, we have our own relationships with religion and have led us to where we are today, but, mm -hmm. you know, we do not wish to offend. If you are offended, though, you may stop listening because it's only going to get worse. Yes. And by worse, <laughs> we mean even better because I think it's religion is such an interesting dialogue to have. Certainly, mm. the times are changing. You know, people being involved in churches and more formal religious institutions, the enrollment is declining. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think it's a matter of keeping up with the times and reflecting that. Yeah. And other times, I don't know, people don't feel the need for fear of eternal damnation, fire and brimstone, like the good old days. <laughs> I think that certain religions were started specifically to keep people in line. Mm-hmm. And that just don't work anymore, boo-boo. Yes, I think some, the hold was more of a vice grip of yeah. fear. Whereas others, of course, were meant with the same purpose of people, keeping people in line, but the way in which the message came across was more organic mm. and was not so forced and heavy-handed. Yeah, it's, you know, I, we can kind of start with our background. So, I mean, I grew up in the Bible Belt, technically, and a, mm. a town of you know, 2,000 people, seven churches, one stoplight kind of situation. And so I grew up in the Baptist church, not Southern Baptist, normal Baptist. I make the distinction every time I tell someone. <laughs> and so 
you know, my understanding was there were specific rules that you had to perform and you had to act in a certain way or else you were doomed for eternal damnation. And, you know, when you're raised in that environment, you just don't Mm -hmm. question things because everyone tells you the same thing over and over. And then when you get out of that environment, you have to stop and think, why would a creature or being that is supposed to be the embodiment of love Mm -hmm. ever have the ability to throw you into a pits of eternal hell and and pain when like that's not their message that's not their initial message it's not what they're trying to get across to you mm-hmm. and i when i made that kind of connection i went i don't think i'm getting the truth here i don't think i'm getting the whole picture yes yeah and i think it's always good even if you do have a very centered faith background let's say in a particular religion Mm -hmm. that you do still approach things with a healthy dose of skepticism you shouldn't always believe the first thing you are told there needs to be some kind of discernment in there some judgment Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day you're still making up your own mind about something, you should still be studying it, being an active scholar, especially if you do proclaim to be involved in a certain faith tradition or philosophy. That should be a lifelong learning thing for you. Yeah, and I don't see how a god or whoever would be angry about someone wanting to learn more about them. Yes, yes, or that the smallest minuscule things receive such a heavy-handed punishment. I don't know, the punishment doesn't seem to fit the crime, at least in alignment with some of the Bible stories, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, and what what pisses me off, too, is that, you know, as soon as you start talking about religion, it gets political. That's not the whole point. Like, that was never supposed to be a marriage, okay? Politics and religion. So we're going to get rid of that. But in, in point of what you said, how people constantly say that being gay is against christianity Mm -hmm. and yet in the next paragraph you're not supposed to wear mixed clothing like you so where do you draw the line then if it's all the same right right and if we are all god's creation who whether uh, let's say in islam or in, in branches of christianity that people were god's best creation he was the Humans were the creation that um, God was most proud of. Mm -hmm. Even the angels that were formed before people Mm -hmm. were lay humans, you know, not these celestial beings that in Islam, in the Quran, that angels were told to prostrate before people, before humans. So it Mm -hmm. just goes to show, like, God the proud father of people. So why shouldn't we all love all people? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't – it's always frustrating when, you know, you're made in God's image or you're supposed to be made perfect and then judge someone for trying to fit in their own skin as comfortably as possible. Right. And it's like the creation, you know, you sure, you were created, but you should then be allowed to feel comfortable stuck in this creation, you know? Right, right. And we've had conversations in the past about 
in general, body modification, that there's the fine line between modification and mutilation, mm-hmm. that you are free to express yourself, but the purpose for doing so, whether it's simply look at me, look at me, or because mm-hmm. there's a particular trend in appearing externally a certain way, which then leans itself towards being perhaps problematic or even and or a mental illness. Right. Which could be a deeper dive for another time. But in general, if it's simply because this is what I like, this is what I feel good in, in the absence of any external pressures or the ones I impose on myself, then fine, so be it. Yeah, I think that's a really good distinction to have. Um, Mm -hmm. But what was your kind of upbringing in religion? Sure. So I kind of went through the usual Catholic tradition. And now my branch of Catholicism that I grew up with was mired in my family's European heritage. My parents are immigrants. So Mm -hmm. we grew up with that. However, out of my entire family, that is to say my extended family was very much into the church and making that a regular Sunday thing, Mm -hmm. you know, worship, prayer, not in an extreme sense, but enough that it was a more prevalent part of their weekly business. Whereas in my family, you know, going to a Saturday school, religious education was a part of that, just, you know, as part of the day. And so I went through communion, confirmation, of course, ba- baptized mm-hmm. when I was little, you know, this with the notion being that at communion, you are kind of old enough to confess your sins and also start making that connection of, yes, this is who I am, my identity as a Catholic. Mm-hmm. And then confirmation more so, even though I would argue in seventh, eighth grade, you're still very much a child. But what do I know? <laughs> um <laughs> So I grew up with that, but my parents never forced anything on me. It was tolerance and acceptance of others, understanding that there will be people who are different than you. You do not always have to like and accept things, Mm. but the exposure is what counts. So you can learn and then discern and make good choices. Mm -hmm. But, you know, respecting the environment, things like that. And of course, you know, if I happen to believe in God, that was kind of a bonus of a higher power. But um, I will say that amongst my parents, one more strongly believes in the presence of a God, especially the Catholic God, Mm -hmm. whereas the other believes in a higher power, but it doesn't necessarily need to be God. And in the family, we had some issues with believing in the church, which is kind of the foundation of Catholicism. Right. You know, if you don't believe in the Catholic church, then you can't really call yourself a Catholic. Which is so dumb, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even in the Bible, I mean, it's interesting, and I've read it several times in addition to other religious texts, but I think it's important to remember that these were written years after the fact and at different points in time, and how many of those documents have just been lost to time. Others Mm. are still being found. So, you know, and... Popes, which are figureheads of the Catholic Church and almost seen as direct representatives to God, Mm -hmm. um, there have been some in history that have edited out, like, let's say, the role of women in church. You know, as Mm -hmm. of now, at least in Catholicism, uh, women cannot be ordained as priests, which is so unfortunate. They can serve, 
and be kind of like helpmates, but and sisters at most. But that's about it as far as the highest role a woman can undertake, which is so unfortunate because there's so many powerful women involved in the Christian faith since the dawn of time. Oh, absolutely. It That's something. So I had a really good friend in high school who is Catholic, and I went to church with her a couple of times. And I never understood how against women the Catholic Church seems to be when mm-hmm. one of their biggest figureheads is Mary. Right. I'm exactly. Like, how do you how do you literally worship a woman? Whether you want to admit that or not, that's what you're doing. And yet yes. you won't let women be ordained or lead any of your roles. It it blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's kind of like the sex conversation in the United States where it's there, but we don't talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. And very much. I'm so glad because we even call her the virgin mother. But yes, there may have been immaculate conception, you know, to conceive Jesus. Mm-hmm. However, she was still married to Joseph and allegedly Jesus had siblings. So how do you explain that? Those weren't immaculate conception. Mm-hmm. She didn't always remain a virgin. Right. So... And I think it get, lends itself to this weird puritanical notion that gets pushed on women where they are supposed to be so chaste and, you know, this and that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's kind of weird. Men don't have that same expectation. They can <laughs> uh, walk out with their dong out and it's fine. It's whatever. But <laughs> well, God forbid, you know, out. a woman is not, let's say, a virgin upon marriage or this or that. Mm-hmm. Automatically a slut. There's... It, <laughs> It's just so demoralizing and so demeaning. Um, it is. That they, the highest standard of woman is the Holy Mother, which mm-hmm. this is not her fault. You know, this is just the value and symbolism that people have ascribed to her over time. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of the biggest bone to pick I have with the Catholic faith and women. Oh, and their yeah. expectations. Yeah, I... And see, being in the Baptist faith, we didn't really worship... Mother Mary, she existed. She gave birth to Christ, and that was who we were to worship because Christ Christ and God are one and the same, right? Yes, yeah. Which also really confused me because I'm like, how Yeah, the-, the Holy Trinity thing also confused me for a while as well. <laughs> right. So I just – when I got out of that and I, I realized that I didn't really want to be a part of that anymore because it's just – Every time you came with more questions, because there's always more questions. And there should be. Right. Naturally, yeah. You would, uh, I mean, not the royal you, I would (laughs) get hit with more and more aggression and frustration and anger. And it's like, if we cannot have a dialogue, then I'm not going to be here. Right. I I would expect the exact opposite response where it shows that you have an innate curiosity and a desire to better understand the f- tenets of the faith. It, and that should be rewarded instead of punished. You would think, but it, it apparently seemed more as <laughs> you're not just doing what you're being told. Like you are antagonizing its faith, right? You're just supposed to believe. And it's like, I, I understand that part, mm-hmm. but that's not enough. And if that makes me a heathen, then that makes me a heathen. And I have now 
you know, 29 years of life later, am accepting the fact that I'm just going to be a heathen to fucking everybody and I don't care anymore. Oh, we would have bur- burned at the stake easily, easily. Absolutely. I would have punched a dude in the dick and I would have been dead that afternoon. Like that's <laughs> yeah, called all it takes. Yelled Balenciaga, you know, like in American Horror Story coming. <laughs> and that would have been the end, mama. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, you know, where I'm at at this point in my life, because I really do think that Religion plays a part in every person's life because it's everywhere. Whatever religion it may be, it's going to be with you forever. Mm -hmm. And so I would say in this part of my journey as a human on planet Earth is that I have kind of just given up on a structured religion and have given up on churches in general and and that kind of system. Mm-hmm. But I don't consider myself atheist because I do believe that there is something greater. And I think that that is where humans get their purpose from mm-hmm. or this sense of purpose. And I'm not meaning like the church is your purpose or religion is your purpose. I'm just saying this feeling that a human has of I'm supposed to be doing something Mm -hmm. we all have. And that together, I think, creates something more than just physical, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. I think it's the inherent connection we have to one another. We, over time, over history, whether it's religion or other things, people have fought in order to be the dominant hegemonic representation however that looks like because my idea is superior my belief is superior or my way of being whatever it is right which is so unfortunate because again it's the respect of all living things Mm -hmm. whether it's other people the environment and so forth and similar to you have leaned away from the church for various reasons and one thing that i appreciate about other faiths such as buddhism is the notion of the inner Buddha. Like, in Christianity, you are already, from the moment you are conceived, but particularly when you are born, you are born with sin. Mm, mm -hmm. And how could an innocent babe brought into the world already be a sinner? Which Mm -hmm. is so unfortunate, you know? And I think just so unnecessary that from the beginning, for something as perfect of a creation as a human, allegedly... You are already so horribly imperfect. Yeah. So that even of itself already creates a divide between you and God, right? Mm-hmm. Even an innocent baby that is a clean slate cannot have an inner God to it in the sense that we are connected to God. God is this external being. Right. You know, whatever you decide to call God, he, she, we, Kathy Lee, Gifford. <laughs> It doesn't matter. But you know what I mean? So in that respect, that's my bone to pick. Whereas in Buddhism, there is the notion of connectedness, of oneness. Yeah. And the the reverence for living things. And there's different schools of Buddhist thought, you know, where, and I forget the name of it, but literally the monks walk around with a broom in front of them and they sweep the ground. So not even to step on anything as tiny as a bug. Yeah. Which I think is 
you know, not only showing a sense of presence, mm-hmm. but reverence for mm-hmm. all that is and truly embodying that message of what it means to be connected. Yeah. I I don't think I could ever go that far because bugs, but <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. But I do appreciate that connectedness to everything and everything has a purpose and mm-hmm. everything natural, I think I should say, has a purpose. But the bugs, sure, other animals, the trees, everything, like everything should be treated with at least some level of courtesy and respect. You would think, like, even <laughs> water, which can be such a destructive force, mm-hmm. but also, you know, we are, as humans, mostly consist of water. Mm-hmm. We need water to survive, for other life to survive. There's so much ownership and capitalism that goes into water and who gets mm-hmm. it and who doesn't and what it's clean water and everything like that. Like, something as simple as water. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no respect for it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the idea that you can own water. And what, Girl. The, the equal flabbergastation, I guess, that I have to that is mm. the fact that some people in cities will buy the space above their building so that mm-hmm. you cannot build any higher. And I went, so now you just own air? What? What are you... <laughs> That makes no sense to me. I understand what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. But you, who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, but again, this goes back to that self-centered nature where I am the center of this universe. I am my uh, god, but in a, like, a totally weird, perverse way that everything should adjust and adapt itself to me yeah. rather than realizing my role in the scheme of things, good or bad. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I can be totally honest and say that I have not spent time studying other religions. And so most of the time when I'm talking about how I'm feeling, someone who has taken the time to study them, it's like, oh, you sound like this, or oh, you sound like this, or oh, this religion. And I'm just sitting here thinking, that's great. I'm probably not going to do it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I've, I haven't read the Torah. I haven't read the Quran. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with some excerpts. That's about it. Read the Bible a few times. Read the Satanist Bible, which was really interesting. Like the Levain Satanism, not these oh. cult sects of Satanism that are gross and weird. Um, <laughs> but the original tenets of Satanism, which were really fascinating, truly. Because again, mm-hmm. it's your own inner God. They understood that notion. Oh. And doing no harm to women, children, like innocence. But an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, mama. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, good for her. <laughs> um, but also reading about many different philosophies, you know, such as uh, Taoism, Stoicism, and so forth, which I also think is important. And the more you read, the more connections you make, and the more you find that, yeah, it's just very common sense thinking. It's being present, being patient, acknowledging your role in things, perseverance. Mm. You know, all these qualities that should be highlighted and just being a good person, goddammit, at the very end of the day, who continues <laughs> to want to develop and grow themselves into the best version of them. Yeah, I, you know, I understand like the Ten Commandments and I get it, but at the same time, they are written so, 
so controlling and vaguely that sometimes it's like you should have just made them don't do this specific thing. Like, I don't know. When you compare the Ten Commandments to, like, I've read some of the Satan, you know, commandments or whatever. Satan commandments. <laughs> the Satan commandments. <laughs> the Satan commandments. I'm totally for those more than I am for the Christian ones in most aspects. Just because it's like you said, they are so much more common sense, I guess. And they're way more just don't be a dick. Like, that's the entire purpose. You know what? I saw this <laughs> meme one time. It was someone who had made their own pocket Bible oh. out of, like, um, the – what do you call, like, that kind of construction paper? Yeah, the mm. colored construction paper, you mm-hmm. know, that kids use for projects. Yeah. And it was purple on the outside, pink on the inside. It was literally that, just one little open flap, boop, pocket Bible on the front, and inside it said, don't be a cunt. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I yeah, want that. to the point. You know, other like, of course, many of the Ten Commandments one can agree with. Like, um, eh, don't murder people. Don't commit right. adultery. I'm like, right on. You know, if if you don't have the best relationships or even a relationship at all with your mom or dad, mm. like, you know, biological, chosen, whatever, um, that's just, that should be flexible. Yeah. <laughs> but like, not going to church... Can I tell you a story? Absolutely. I'm here. Okay. Growing up, I only used to go to confession for Christmas and Easter, as I think many do. Yeah. This is not just said to make myself feel better, but because (laughs) it's something I noticed. Absolutely. um, Growing up. And the parish had a new priest. And he, and this was confession season, mind you, you know, we're off to the (laughs) holy races. And he wanted to do confession face to face. Typically, in Catholic confession, there is some kind of divide. Even if, like, you see someone through the screen, there yeah. is, like, this psychological perception of already there's a literal wall there, right? So, right. some distance. And this guy wanted to do it face-to-face. Can I and ask real quick? I, yeah. Because that that's supposed to be, like, you're speaking to God through a vessel, basically, right? Yes, like, exactly. That's the point. Otherwise, it's a conversation. And it's not a conversation, really. It's you're speaking to God. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The priest acts as the middleman. However, again, they're people. They're sinners, aren't right. they? Even if they did make a vow to God. I digress. Again, another deep dive for another time, another episode. <laughs> but... In any case, this guy wanted to do it face to face. And I remember this older woman, like in her 70s, behind me in line, that said, we're talking to him directly. And we were like, yeah. And she left. Oh. (laughs) She seemed like a sweet little old lady. So I was just like, oh, girl, what happened, Deborah? But, you know, I got up there and he introduced himself. Hi, hi, whatever. And I confessed my sins. Um... (laughs) Before the servant of God. And, you know, it was like very petty, menial things like uh, talk back to my mom and dad, fought with my sibling, didn't Mm -hmm. go to church, swore. That was usually like the the core four of my sinning. (laughs) Horrible stuff, I know. And he said, do you know what your greatest sin was? And here I am like, oh, yeah, uh, talking back to my mom and dad. You know, yeah, that made sense to me as a kid. And he said, no, try again. And I said, I don't know. And 
you know, then I guess fighting with my sibling, because again, it was another form of disappointment and disrespect to my parents in the household. Yeah. No, you didn't go to church. Oh, for fuck's sake. I know, I know. Even as a child, if I could have openly rolled my eyes, I would have. But I was like, keep it together, keep it together. And this guy was really perseverating on that. And again, which makes sense in the context of the Catholic faith to not go Mm. to church. But I'm like, yeah, so what if you go, you know, to church, temple, whatever it is, one day a week when the rest of the week or the moment you leave this religious building, you're being an asshole. Right. If it's just parading around, you know, in this performative aspect, I'm like, at least I'm not pretending to be anything I'm not. I'm trying to be a good person, even if I'm not in church once a week. Yeah, that... See, I had... I had a... uh, Not similar situation, but I had a situation where I was... A junior, I think, in high school, and Mm -hmm. we had stopped going to church in town probably when I was, like, 13 or so, and Mm -hmm. I told my parents, because I was getting real in the Kool-Aid, right, at my school, where, again, Bible Belt, God was brought up a lot in schools and in after-school programs, and it's like, I need to get back into going to church every Sunday, and my mom went, okay, have fun, like, I'm not going, and I went... (laughs) <laughs> well, that's weird, but okay. So I dressed up in what I thought was my nicest outfit, right? And mm-hmm. before I left the house, my mom even said, you should not be going to church in that. And I went, I'm wearing a skirt and a top. Like, this is, you're supposed to wear your Sunday best. And my mom went, okay, if that's what you think. And I get to church, right? And we have not been going for a couple of years now. Uh-huh. And... The amount of dirty looks I got from old people there. Yikes. Like, everyone was hardcore judging me. You could just... For the skirt? For the skirt. For the outfit. Showing your knees to the Lord? How dare you? And I just... I remember sitting there thinking... I remember these fuckers talking about how the young people won't come to church anymore. And it's like, probably because the time that one of us shows up you're all fucking dickheads right why would i ever want to come back to this and i never did i have yet to walk into a church service of my own volition since that day yeah yeah hear that like jesus hung out with prostitutes why the fuck can you not accept a 17 year old girl who's wearing a skirt above her knees you know what? I wonder if you showed up in something just bearing your ankles, just the tiniest bit of ankle, where <laughs> would they be like, skankles, sinner? <laughs> Skankle. But I just, I remember reading online once that canon Jesus is better than fandom Jesus. And ever since then, I'm for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, that, I hope that's on a t-shirt somewhere. I really do. I would wear that t-shirt. And I'm not religious, but I I would totally back that. Because it's... Yeah. It's true. The Bible is filled with horrors. If you If anyone would actually take the time to read through it, there is so much sin in the Bible, obviously, because it's supposed to tell you what not to do. So it's just example after example of things you're not supposed to do. But then people think that it's this... Sure, it's probably a sacred text, but again, then you cannot be mad. (laughs) I mean, what if I do get eaten by a whale by accident? (laughs) Like, 
so many individuals balk when you bring up straight facts like Jesus hung out with prostitutes, thought about overthrowing the government, was totally for, you know, individuals. Do not judge yet, lest ye be judged. Exactly. Just expressing themselves and living life and had said multiple times that Sky Daddy is the one who's going to be in charge of this by the end. It's not up to you. So keep your thoughts and opinions to your damn self. Yeah, all the bros with only God will judge me on their back. I'm talking to you. <laughs> it's like, no, God I'm judging your mom. you too. <laughs> God and your mom will judge you. How about that? Absolutely. But yeah, I just... Hypocrites. Hypocrites! I know, and it's just so easy to look at everything everyone else is doing as opposed to focus on yourself because it's uncomfortable. Mm. You know, it's kind of like gossip magazines. It's so easy to critique celebrities and, oh, what a piece of shit. Can't they get their life together? Meanwhile, like, you've been wearing the same pants for two weeks. They can stand (laughs) up on their own at this point. Your, you know, your house is a mess. You aren't raising your kids right, but yet you're focused on what Christina Aguilera is doing. Does it really matter? No. Yeah, I believe in the the gospel of stay in your lane. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. Stay in your lane. In your lanes. In your holy lanes. So let me ask you this. Mm. Having been through this religious journey, Mm -hmm. where are you at in your faith or spirituality? Hmm. I would probably say I'm not, so I'm not into organized religion, but whatsoever, Mm -hmm. not here for it. Um, I have dabbled with the idea of learning paganism and learning about old gods because The thing I like most about the old gods is that they do not pretend to be something they're not. No. They are just as flawed and fucked up as humanity, and they accept that of themselves. And yet they still do these feats of magnificence, right? And people still worship them knowing that they are absolute idiots or not perfect, right? Like. Mm -hmm. Relatable content. Relatable content. (laughs) And so, but that's the part that makes me enjoy them and enjoy the idea of not worshiping, but having like relationships almost with them. Yes, exactly. Because it is a partnership almost. It is a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours situation. And I can respect that way more than some omniscient being right right but i haven't i haven't fully dived into it because i also know that in those religions like it's still a god that you're talking with yes and i'd rather not incur the wrath of them (laughs) by not doing it properly (laughs) yeah yeah i Here's the thing, because having also looked into, like, Wiccanism, paganism, because Wiccanism is the more kind of new age thing, right, from the 50s, I like the aspect that there's, you know, the Earth Mother and the Horned Father, Mm -hmm. or the Green Man, right, and that these two dualities exist in all of us, Mm -hmm. 
I think that's great. And also that, you know, when you raise your hands in prayer, it's not, it's, it's for unity. It's not for any other reason, you know, to beg forgiveness or something. And if, especially if you believe, um, let's say in witchcraft or things like that, there are the tenets of reaping what you sow. Like, let's say, Mm -hmm. what was it? Something about, like, a law of three or something like that, or mm-hmm. you get it, like, back uh, tenfold, especially yeah. if you incur har- harm on someone, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, respecting your environment, respecting others, and knowing that if you do something bad or have those bad intentions, mm-hmm. even if it's not an action-action, that there will be consequences for that. Are you ready to pay that price, wherever, yeah. however that may appear? I mean, that's the whole idea of of karma, Mm -hmm. of if someone does something horrific to you or does something with the intention of doing harm to you, that the universe will work itself out. Yeah, you get what you put in. And sometimes that can be really frustrating because uh, you want immediate reaction and response to horrific things. I needed those results and I needed them yesterday. Yeah. And so I'm just like there's there's some things that I'm like, I'll be karma today. You know? Like, if that's what we're gonna have to wait with, fuck it. But I also you know, at this point in my life the only thing that I take stock in and the only thing that I really, really believe in Mm -hmm. is the golden rule, which is do unto others as you would have done unto you. Bam. And it is across all religions. It's literally said in all religions. It's said differently. But the idea of kindness given will be kindness received is in every religion. And that is the only thing at this point in my life that is guiding my decisions. And honestly, that's that's the gift that keeps on giving. Because when you do good for others, you feel good yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. So already in that moment, you are rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the without the expectation of receiving something in return, but also just letting go. You learn to let go mm. mm-hmm. when you do kind actions or do what you're supposed to. Yeah. I've got a couple of people in my life that I consider really good friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've done things for them and with them expecting nothing in return. And they have said, you know, I'll never be able to repay you for this. And I just respond back with, it's not the point. You're not supposed to repay me for this because this is what humans are supposed to do for each other. Right. Yeah. Not always. If I do this, then I'll get this or yeah, the ex- the burning expectation. Right. Like I, I try so hard to live my life in the sense of people don't expect that they need to repay me back for things. If you do, that'd be fabulous. Like, I would love to get, you know, some of this back. You know, again, putting the good stuff out in the universe, I'd like to get some back. But if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to now become a villain, right? Like, that's not my point. Yeah, yeah. And and there's still boundaries at play. Absolutely. Yeah. Where are you at in your spiritual journey? Like you, I went through a similar thought of, because I am already, I place so much value on my surroundings and on the environment, mm-hmm. and just doing as much kindness, especially to the the living things that cannot necessarily help themselves, they need some of that support, or, you yeah. know, just, like, 
have no means of protecting themselves like animals, like, you know, plants and things like that. But it's definitely more lean, leaning toward Buddhism. Mm-hmm. I, it has given me a sense of peace and connection that I've never had with any other, you know, maybe a faith notion, you know, before. So while it is like this almost hybridized version of Buddhism, but, <laughs> you know, many of the same overlaps exist too about if something comes into your life, let it be there. If it leaves, you let it go. Yeah. And to be, to practice mindfulness, a presence, awareness, to glean something from that, but having that greater sense of inner peace, you know, through these kind of lessons and trials and tribulations and connecting with my own innermost self mm. by being connected to everything else yeah. has been a really uh, meaningful thing for me, especially at this juncture in my life where I felt like it's it's implemented into my everyday life. Yeah. And it's like a very seamless, continuous cycle. That's awesome. I really, I, it, it brings me joy when other people who are special to me feel joy in their lives. And it just, yeah. I, that was kind of what led this whole conversation is the whole record of Ragnarok. And I'm like, if that's what Buddha looks like, Buddha's got another follower. Like, if that's what oh we're here gosh. for. <laughs> Yeah, let's get into it, because if there's anything that we preach about, it's anime. <laughs> Listen, when, he, when this this bean rolls up in his little Usachan <laughs> jersey. Dig it. Can you dig it with his blue hair? Blue and stripe. It, it's just, it's the confidence for me. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the I do what I do. Because I do it, and I'm like, absolutely, absolutely good, sir, after you. Yes, and you know what? Buddha is so interesting because the story is that he was a prince, right? He had a wife, he had a son, mm -hmm. and he lived very much a sheltered life until one day in the gardens, he was traveling, and he saw sickness, he saw old age, he saw death, all these things that he was being sheltered from in this fabulous life he was living. Mm -hmm. And it disturbed him so greatly. You know, he lived in poverty and and traveled and endured all this hardship and gave up everything, his, his princely life, mm -hmm. left it all. Because there was the notion of there must be something more to this. How can yeah. such terrible things exist? And he achieved enlightenment. He's an enlightened being, right? Mm-hmm. That's what Buddha means, enlightened one. And so this particular character, I, like, he had the canine teeth, like, his little blue glasses. I'm This dude was a, a whole look, a whole mood. <laughs> no, and I, I relate to that so much of, I would say that I lived a bit of a sheltered life, even if it was in the middle of nowhere, right? You yeah, know? Same, same. I still had community and family and always had someone to fall back on and when i got into college and then i got into grad school and i just realized that that is not reality for most people right and that's i think what kind of drew me to this idea of there has to be something greater 
there has mm-hmm. to be this extra piece. And maybe that's also part of what pulled me to psychology is this idea of the subconscious mind and this connected mind and that we're all a part of one kind of uh, a cosmic awareness, I guess, is where I'm going. Yeah, and if you look at characters like figureheads in psychology over the years, like Carl Jung, you know, the notion mm. of archetypes, there was already something ooky spooky <laughs> going on in psychology. So I don't know if it's just kind of part and parcel for it, but psychology seems naturally to be a magnet <laughs> of unity with the more uh, mysterious things, the strange, dark, and mysterious you know, I think part of that also has to do with the idea that psychology, before it was being recorded, was really run by women. And it was Get run by it. this idea of that there is something that interconnects us all, and that there is something that mm-hmm. today would be described as woo-woo, right? Yeah, yeah, new age thought or whatever. Right, but it, there's there's utterly a piece of truth of this where... There's something in me that reaches out to something in you that reaches out to every person I come across. There -hmm. just is. And people who don't have that are typically psychopaths. And so, like, there is something that pulls us to each other to care for each other. And this Mm -hmm. idea of only the strongest survive was an absolute lie. And it's been proven to be a lie. Because there are bones that are found that are millions of years old you know in early civilization that have healed like femurs that were healed and, and that's the, a hard one to heal yeah and that's the whole point is the only way this person lived long enough for their femur to heal is that their community took care of them exactly that is the human nature that is what is ingrained in us and that's not and you know to some people it's just seen as ooky spooky bullshit But it's not. We are all connected and we Mm -hmm. do care for each other. And it just gets proven time and time again. Yeah, the fact that we have, you know, over millennia created such elaborate rituals surrounding a person transitioning from this world to the next Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, whether you believe it ends at the point of death or whether you believe there's a great hereafter. Either way, the fact that such ceremonies existed is still very fascinating it shows an element of care not for just the person while they're alive but also in death mm-hmm. yeah but buddha and record of ragnarok he <laughs> i think he's my favorite character honestly oh he's absolutely my favorite character well no i take that back he's my he's close to being my second favorite because raiden yeah raiden raiden uh-huh. was my favorite Raiden was hands down my favorite, and I don't know if it's just his personality, who he was as a person. <laughs> Fucking loved him. Yeah, he lives <laughs> he lives to the fullest. And that man, he was a flawed man, but he was having a good time. That's just it. I feel like you gotta live life to the fullest because you have no idea what happens tomorrow. But mm-hmm. you should also live life caring of others and like of your, mm-hmm. uh, what do I want to say here? Values? No, of your impact on the world. Mm. That's how you should be living. You should be living life to its fullest while also recognizing your impact. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Zeus is a bitch. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, though. I mean, in one hand, I'm like, I understand where this discontent toward humanity comes from as this these ungrateful creatures, essentially, that just destroy everything they are given. But a lot of these gods are also so flawed as well. If you read Greek mythology, I mean, Zeus is no one to shake a stick at anybody. Absolutely not. Zeus has to look himself in the mirror and know he fucked multiple things that should not have had a long stick girl. Like poking everybody. <laughs> I just wasn't prepared for that to be what came out of your mouth. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm no good with transitions and smooth segues. But yeah, I also I yeah, I loved the fight between Zeus and Adam. And I loved how they portrayed Adam because when they said they were going to use him, I was just like, what do you mean? Adam? Like Adam and Eve Adam? Yeah, fig leaf Adam. (laughs) (laughs) But for those of you who haven't seen Adam, you know, is asked time and time again, why are you fighting the gods? Like we know that they fucked you over basically by kicking you out of the garden. Yeah. So it's just, this is all revenge, right? And Adam basically says, does a father need a reason to fight for his children? And I just lost it i was like this was not supposed to make me cry yeah yeah i i've surprisingly cried at many a part even for freaking jack the ripper oh, when yeah. he realized that the emotion that his mom was giving him wasn't true love yeah yeah poor kid oh and hercules it's, just gives him a hug and he's like no matter uh, what no, i will always started. love humans and it's like oh yeah, no or riding with the one valkyrie and i'm like they finally found true love and now they're both gonna die spoiler alert <laughs> i my favorite part of the show is when raiden meets thrude and just oh, goes, and he's just like big woman like loves it and just yeah hugs immediately her. instant love and i was like i hope to find someone that looks at me the same way one day <laughs> the same way right and looks at through through her boobs and just goes i've never been more serious in my life <laughs> yeah and went just like face first into those tiggle valkyrie titties and i was just like you know wholesome wholesome but gross in a weird way again we watch um anime my husband and i watch it in english because that's how he prefers watching it and i watch it in japanese because that's how i prefer watching it and when i was watching it before him i honestly prefer the japanese version when he meets her than the american uh. version because <laughs> <or the English. laughs> japanese he's just like ne, which is basically like fuck yes and we were all yasing so hard until our wrists broke yeah oh man it was so good no, f- truly, or even freaking housing. So everyone knows, like, the Bram Stoker Dracula, how it was a knight for the Christian church, mm-hmm. right? And his love committed suicide, therefore she was barred from entering heaven. So he made a deal with the devil, and for that was given immortality as, you know, Nosferatu, the vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, but also grew up as, like, a child uh, sex slave to rulers of the Ottoman Empire. So, you know, there was, like, a personal beef there already and a lot of pain and trauma. Yeah. And as someone, you know, a knight being who had lived through the millennia and witnessed all these things and the personal experiences that come with it, 
at one point, I remember in the anime, it was so good when he's kind of fighting a war with himself that he is a monster. Mm. But there's that last scrap of humanity he has. Yeah. And it's constantly at war with that. And, you know, him saying, God does not help those who don't help themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, damn, son. I'm here for that. This idea of you have to be responsible for your own actions. Yes, exactly. You can't just pray whatever it is away. And that's kind of smite what, your enemies. That's what frustrates me too about Christianity of this idea that we don't have any free will, that everything has been determined. Oh, that's horseshit. That's God. horseshit. Right. And it's like, so you just get to be, like you've lovingly said before, you get to be a cunt and that's fine because <laughs> God allowed it to right. be. Like, no. Right. You yeah, have no. to take responsibility. Yeah, your Zodiac or God are not responsible for your behavior. Let's let's just put that on out there. Amen. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Scorpios and Geminis. <laughs> and some Virgos. Hey now. <laughs> some. Some. But yeah, that's that's such a or great Leos. point too. Leos. <laughs> Aside from the astrology. Of taking responsibility of your actions and what you are doing in the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I believe you are an active ingrained force in your life. You are the first force of your life. Things will play out as they will because that's just life. Mm. But you are ultimately responsible for you. Shit happens. But again, it's only because we attach emotions to things. And in Buddhism, that's the thing that nothing is inherently bad or good. It just is. Mm -hmm. And the sooner we're able, you know, to say that feelings are not facts, we can move on and more readily approach a situation, process it, moving on up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we have had so many good points said over the last 55 minutes. Are, is there anything that you want to say to finalize the episode and wrap it up before we tune out here? I'm just curious if uh, listeners would be interested in continuing the conversation, either from the mm. anime standpoint or in general, if this is something that tickles y'all's fancy. Yeah. How about you? Absolutely. I think this would be a fun one to continue. I really do think we could continue on for another four hours with this subject, just looking at different ways and different kind of conversation points. But yeah, I had I had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, Heathen Baptist and Heathen Catholic talk about God. <laughs> that should be the title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, with that being said, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you haven't enjoyed it thus far, leave a like, a rating, subscribe, bookmark, shout us out to the universe, and send us to your friends. Tell them that we are awesome and worth listening to. We greatly appreciate all that you do for us. And until next week... Stay alive, friends. Blessed be. 